at Warren Wilson College. I'm going to read to start with and maybe entirely from my latest Copper Canyon Press book, which is Happy Life. Can you hear me okay? Upside down. All the plants that on the deck this summer gave us so much pleasure. Upside down now. On the compost pile. Going back to where they came from. Petunia, salvia, begonia, geranium, pansy, fuchsia, and that volunteer tomato that came up out of the compost in the petunia pot and grew, blossomed, bore fruit among all those flowers. All that color, all that joy and light, gone back now to darkness, back to rot, to make fertility, fecundity, fruitfulness for next year. Everything after 9-11-201-2001. Milkweed pods crack open, seeds dishevel, fall. Everything sweeter and more fragile now. Tomatoes in September. Every surface of the house covered with tomatoes, a vat, of boiling water on the stove, drop them in and wait for cracks in their skins. Into cold water, out. Cut away the bad spots, cut out stem and blossom end. Peel away the skin, chop them up, drain them in a colander, save the juice to drink. Dump them into another pot in which a mountain of garlic has been simmering in olive oil. Brandywine, Juliet, Cosmonaut, Rosa de Bern, all go in, salt and pepper, basil, thyme, oregano. Then let it bubble while you go smell the house. September visitors. I'm glad to see our friends come. Talk, laughter, food, wine. I'm glad to see our friends go. Solitude, emptiness, gardens, autumn wind. A certain slant of light. A certain slant of light. And that's in uh, italic for obvious reasons. This time of year says more than color in the hills or a chill air, that fall is here. This book, by the way, goes from fall to fall. Sometimes, when day after day we have cloudless blue skies, warm temperatures, colorful trees, and brilliant sun, when it seems like all this 
will go on forever. When I harvest vegetables from the garden all day, then drink tea and doze in the late afternoon sun. In the evening, one night make pickled beets and green tomato chutney, the next night red tomato chutney, and the day after that, pick the fruits of my arbor and make grape jam. When we walk in the woods every evening over fallen leaves, through yellow light, when nights are cool and days warm, when I am so happy I'm afraid I might explode or disappear or somehow be taken away from all of this. At those times when I feel so happy, so good, so alive, so in love with the world, with my own sensuous, beautiful life, suddenly I think about all the suffering and pain in the world about all those people being tortured right now in my name. But I still feel happy and good and alive and in love with the world and with my lucky, guilty, sensuous, beautiful life because I know in the next minute or tomorrow or all this may be taken from me and therefore I've got to say right now what I feel and know and see. I've got to say right now how beautiful and sweet this world can be. Mid-October. Almost all the leaves are down. Rain. Clouds make a fog just above the trees. The world is colder, more empty every day. My favorite time of year. Now. Now the crickets come inside and sing upon the hearth. They say, oh, oh. Autumn is coming to an end. They say, oh, winter is just around the bend. They say, oh, oh, the year is dying. They say, oh, we are dying too. They say, oh, oh, so are you. Last day of October. Last day of October, toward evening, woods quiet, Birds gone. Only the dog and I on the logging road moving slowly over wet leaves. The fall almost nobody sees. Everybody's gone away. They think there's nothing left to see. The garish colors flashy show is over. Now those of us who stay hunker down in sweet silence, blessed emptiness among red, orange, shad blow, purple, red, blueberry, copper, brown, beech, gold, tamarack, a few remaining pale, yellow, popple leaves. 
sedge and fern in shades of beige to darkening red to brown to almost black. And all of this in front of, below, among blue-green spruce and fir and white pine. All of it under gray skies, chill air, all of us waiting in the somber, dank and rain, waiting here in quiet, chill November, waiting for the snow. First thing in the morning, slate-colored junco tracks on the porch, printed neatly in the snow. My punishment. I get up before the sun, make a fire in the wood stove, boil water, make tea, watch the dawn come. Then I get back in bed under the quilt, propped up on my pillows, read a little, drink my tea, and stare out the window at the snow coming down. Oh, this lazy bones life. Others rush off to work while I lie here in silence waiting for a few words to come drifting from the other side. No wonder I never make any money. I'm being punished for having such a good time. <laughs> Cold winter night. Fire going in the round oak. Greased boots glistening behind the stove. Pull a chair up close. Little glass of whiskey. Book of ancient poems. Contradictions. Lao Tzu said, beautiful words are not true. True words are not beautiful. I think Lao Tzu really meant to say was, no words are best. Po Chui wrote 10,000 poems and every day cursed his poetry karma as he sought the silence of the way. Poor Po Chui every day brushing out another poem, swearing at himself for doing it. Who we are and who we want to be are seldom the same person. Into the winter woods. Long John's top and bottom, heavy socks, flannel shirt, Overalls, tea, steel-toned work boots, sweater, canvas coat, toque, mittens, on. Out past the grape arbor and garden shed, into the woods, sun just coming through the trees. There really is such a thing as Homer's rosy-fingered dawn. And here it is, this morning, downhill, across brook, uphill, into the stand of white pine and red maple where I'm cutting firewood. Open up the workbox, take out chainsaw, gas, bar oil, kneel down, gas up saw, add bar oil to the reservoir, stand up, mittens off, strap on, and buckle chaps from waist to toe. Hard hat helmet on, ear protectors down, face screen 
down. Push in computer, com, com, push in compression release. Pull out, choke. Pull on starter cord once, twice, go. Stall. Pull out, choke. Pull on starter code, one, cord once, twice, go. Push in, choke, mittens back on. Cloud of two cycle of exhaust smoke wafting into the morning air. And I, looking like a medieval Japanese warrior, wade through blue smoke, knee-deep snow, revving the chainsaw as I go, headed for that doomed, unknowing maple tree. I'm looking at a picture of myself. Who is that old guy standing in front of my woodpile? How come he's got my coveralls on, my overalls on, and chaps on, too? And hard hat, too. He's wearing my mittens. And that's my chainsaw on top of the woodpile just behind him. He looks just like my father, exactly like my father. Where'd he come from? What's he doing there? He does a nice job, though. I can see that from here. <laughs> the firewood is evenly cut and carefully and evenly stacked. And I can also see he stacks the, his brush carefully, too. He does a lot better job than I did when I was young. Maybe I ought, maybe I ought to try, try to track him down and see if he would like to work with me out in the woods. He does a nice job, even if he is an old guy and looks just like my father. And this one's for Gary Clark. Ode to Wood. Too long have I not sung the praises of our hardwood trees, felled, stacked, dried, and hauled to the house and woodshed, then split and brought inside all winter and put inside our wood stove to burn, to keep us warm. This wood that grows less than half a mile from our house, these trees that grow faster than I can cut them down, always making more than we can use. Oh, finally I sing the praises of wood, homegrown and handy, abundant, convenient, cheap. The growth of these hills right here at home Finally, now I sing the praises of our hardwood trees. Contrasts. Off to the city, everything's so different one place from the other. Crowded and noisy streets, <coughs> crowded and noisy streets of the city the solitude of the quiet mountainside. Human, non-human, hectic, calm, bright, dark, yang, yin. The sages say it's all the same. I don't know. They sure seem different to me. Each magnifies is better with the other. Cynical capitalists. Privatize profit, socialize loss. Three days in New York for William Parker. One, 
at the painting center on Green Street, surrounded by Ying Li's paintings, oil and acrylic on canvas of rivers and mountains, and sky, fields in the distance, and apple trees, only vaguely there in these thickly painted abstract and intense splashes of color, exploding off the canvas, emotion-laden strokes of the brush growing out of her life with Chinese calligraphy, all here on these canvases, this so-called Western, so-called European art. Two, the new Chow Chow restaurant on Mott, a block above Canal, watercress and bean curd sauce, steamed whole flounder smothered in shredded scallions and ginger, seafood hot pot, duck, and for dessert, a turn around the corner to the Italian bakery on Mulberry, the one right next to the Luna, then out again and walk and eat in cannolis on Canal Street, headed for the Q train. Three, on the balcony overlooking the rotunda at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, a display of pottery showing how the ancient Chinese and Persian empires, Iran and Iraq, influenced each other. How Buddhist, Taoist, and Muslim potters traded back and forth ideas for glazes, colors, designs, shapes for their vessels. All this back and forth on the Silk Road step route thousands of years ago. Who told us Europe discovered the world? Four, 155th Street and Frederick Douglass Boulevard, Charles's Southern Style Kitchen. Collard greens, fried chicken, spare ribs and barbecue sauce, collard greens, macaroni and cheese, chicken and barbecue sauce, collard greens, cornbread, collard greens and your choice of lemonade or sweet iced tea. Five, there are shards of, shards of 12th century Chinese Celadon pottery on the beaches of East Africa. The Chinese were there with whole armies and horses, gobs of stuff before the European colonizers ever dreamed of going there. Who told us Europe discovered the world? Six, polyglot, gumbo, masala, stew, hybrids, bastards, mutts, all of us all sloshed together. Ain't it grand? Seven, and here I am, this old white guy, all decked out in my yellow, orange, red, black, blue, and white dashiki, and my blue and gold African mirror hat playing Japanese bamboo flutes, and ropes of bells from India, and a gong from Tibet, with these far-out crazy jazz musicians what come in how many different shades of flesh and nationality. And me, right here on the Lower East Side in New York City, reading my Cracker, woodchuck, honky, ofe, green mountains, erzets, Chinese wilderness poetry.
Three lines for the end of February. Snow continues to deepen. Seed orders in. Days noticeably longer. Sweet early spring. When the understory of the woods is flattened and you can see the contours of the earth, the rock outcroppings, all this just after the last pockets of snow disappear. While everything is still sear, brown, gray, when now and then a woodcock whistles or you can hear a lone goose going somewhere. All this sweet early spring with no bugs at all, not, not one, not a single one. This clear, beautiful, and brief moment, this emptiness, this is the time I love the best. Before the world fills up again with insects, leaves, brush, birds, green, a last brief rest, quiet and peace, before I have to turn and face the lush and fertile, noisy spring. I'm aware that I've read two poems now that say that was my favorite time of the year. <laughs> the Heart of Evening for Jean Wolfe Budbill, 1967 to 2007. Day over, wind gone, no sound but an owl far away. Let my careworn heart take refuge in the heart of evening. Apple blossoms swell and bloom and fall. No one can escape old age. After the Vision Festival, New York, New York. Home again in this, on this silent, in this silent place, hidden on a quiet mountainside seven hours north of where I was. Home again to speechless tomatoes, mute green beans, dumb spinach, silent cabbages, voiceless potatoes. No more blare of car horns, sirens, jackhammers, screech of brakes, buses pulling away from the curb. Hundreds of people in a room, all talking at once. No more rumble of a subway train, rattle of a taxi. No more backhoes, pile drivers, bulldozers, air conditioners, workers dropping plywood on the sidewalk, exhaust fans, workers dropping metal roofing on the sidewalk. Home now and away from all of that, but home now also and away from all the music, too. Look, oh, listen. See how music makes sense, joy, art, ecstasy out of all that cacophony. Summer Blues. You got to understand, here winter stays six months a year. Mean, mean winters and too long, 
90 days is what we get, just 90 days of frost-free weather. I know you don't believe it, but 90 days is all we get, just 90 days of frost-free weather. And in that lousy, puny, crummy, stinking, measly 90 days, we just got to get outside and get together. Now, I said 90 days is all we get, just 90 days of frost-free weather. Believe it, honey, because it's true. 90 days is all we get, just 90 days of summer weather. So you can see how we just got to, we just got to get outside and get together. I said outside, outside. We got to get outside and get together. And in those 90 days, we got to grow tomatoes, beans, potatoes, corn, squash, cucumbers, and thyme. Have barbecues. A day out on a mountain we can climb. We got to raise some flowers and some pigs, build a shed and mow the lawn, pick blueberries and mushrooms and go skinny dipping in the pond. Got to go to the fair, have sex with warm feet, put up a thousand, thousand tons of hay, go to some dances out of doors and cop some rays. Ow! 90 days is all we get, just 90 days of frost-free weather. And in that lousy, puny, crummy, stinking, measly 90 days, we just got to get outside and get together. I said, we got to get outside and get together. And then, after we've been skinny dipping in the pond, we got to make a campfire and have a cookout on the lawn. We got to eat some chicken and lie around a fire, drink some wine. Then watch the sky let a billion, billion stars come out to shine. I said, outside, outside. We just got to get outside and get together. At the open fire, and there's an epigraph here from D.T. Suzuki's Essentials of Zen Buddhism. We all seem to have an innate longing for primitive simplicity close to the natural state of being. In the summer sometimes, toward evening, I will build an open fire in the fire pit out beyond the white pine, out by the garden just in front of the grape arbor. And when I got a bed of coals, our friends will come out and gather around the fire, spread out blankets on the grass, and we'll cook our supper. Chicken pieces, lamb and moose, kebabs, burgers, potato salad. And while we cook, we'll drink beer and wine and visit with each other. And when the cooking and the eating are done, I'll build the fire back up again as darkness falls and the cold air comes spilling down out of the high bog around us. It's, it's, it's then that it happens. I've seen it again and again. Everyone, country folk and city persons alike. It doesn't matter. Everyone gathers close to the fire. And as we continue to visit, although now the talk is quieter, as the stars begin to, through a clear, a clear black sky, all of us stare at the fire. We stare and stare and stare as if our collective memory were thinking about a time long ago.
Our lives pass away. Summer sunlight glitters on the water. Sweet colors of fall drift down and land on my new woodpile. Winter is full of snow and cold, but inside the wood stove glows. Then spring again. Our lives pass away. Melancholy thought. A bird's path across the sky. A boat rowing across water. We are here and gone without a trace. Here, right next to me, an old pine leaning with the weight of years holds on a little longer. In an instant after Yang Wan Li, the place where I stopped last night is far away today. Tomorrow, tonight will be last night. In an instant, the present is the past. I was a kid just yesterday. Today, I'm an old man. Tumbling toward the end. Finally, we have enough money, even in these difficult times, if we are careful how we spend it. What's to worry about? One child is dead, the other grown. We're tumbling toward the end. And finally, two more. Happy life. At my desk all morning, in the woods all afternoon, headed home now through the yellow light. Yang Wan Lee said, there's enough to eat. Who needs a lot of money? I've led a happy life, doing what I want to do. How could I be so lucky? After looking at Wu Zen's fisherman, finally. Wu Zen lived a life of, reclu of, of a recluse. Wu Zen lived a life, the life of a recluse. He never was very famous or successful. His drawings show a cartoon-like simplicity and directness. He was the hermit fisherman, the symbol in the late Yuan period of the unemployed scholar. He stirs his oar, puts aside his fishing pole, and drifts toward evening. Thank you.